This episode of the Kick Knowledge Podcast is sponsored by rapanalysis.com. Hi, you're listening to the Kick Knowledge Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm T'Challa. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> we gotta leave that in. That's fucking great. Okay, okay, okay. So today we're talking about the Black Panther. The Black Panther hype. Because the hype for hype. the movie and as well as sort of the, the Kendrick it's not I wouldn't say it's a Kendrick album. Some people are calling it a Kendrick album. Well, and it's like well, it's not posted really. on on Spotify and all the streaming services, it's posted under Kendrick Lamar. Because he's on every track, basically. Yeah, but it's more of like a... It's a top dog album. Yeah. More than it is like Yeah, a- fair enough. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about Black Panther, the the, the Marvel uh, Studios movie that just came out last week, at least, when you we were had, recording this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you had a way cooler viewing experience, I would yeah, say. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man, did I have a good... Whew, viewing experience but uh but you saw it first though so but yeah so um before let, let's we're gonna start talking about the soundtrack because that's yeah so that came out like last friday and, and just like as a heads up um at some point during this episode we might talk about details of the movie we'll clearly mark that with like a spoiler alert hashtag um, spoiler alert you're, we're gonna warn you the moment we start start talking spoilers, all right? I yes. was hoping the listener would be saying yes right now, and then I realized this isn't live. This is a yes. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so first question, why would we be talking about Black Panther, which is a movie, right? Well, I feel like... I feel like this... Not only the soundtrack, but... Like, well, especially the soundtrack, because obviously it's yeah. like a hip hop album, and obviously we're going to be interested in that. Mm-hmm. As well as, like, I mean, I think just the movie itself is very culturally obviously it has relevant. To, culturally relevant, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, like, when I was watching the movie, I thought of this, like, think piece, I guess. Like, if, if I were to write for some. I don't know, like for Vice or something. Yeah, I would want to write like, okay, what is what does Black Panther mean for hip hop? You know, because I think it's obviously going to. It obviously already is influencing hip hop culture. If, if Kendrick Lamar, who I don't, if you guys have read, like his whole experience with the whole like trying to get the album going, the yeah. whole Black Panther, the album going, like he was only going to do one song for the soundtrack and then saw the movie and was like, Oh yeah, shit. Exactly. Like, they showed him the movie and he was like, Oh, that is amazing. And I want to do the entire, like spearhead, the entire soundtrack, not just a single track on it, you know? So, um, yeah, that says something about like, if a guy like Kendrick, who's very politically conscious and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know? Um, 
that says something <clears throat> about the movie and how it's relevant to hip hop. So yeah, um, so that soundtrack though it came out, I guess it came out last week. Yeah, last week I guess it came out like a week before the actual movie was released mm. um, in um, in theaters, and so we kind of already got a glimpse of mm. the movie because like. You know how soundtracks are sometimes just completely inspired by the movie, but not really in the movie. But there's a bunch mm-hmm. of tracks that are prominently featured in the um, oh yeah in the movie too, and mm-hmm. um, it's like the lead singles that were in the trailer already. Um, it's the song by the Weekend is in there, and all the stars. Which which is uh, Kendrick and SZA, right? Yes. Um, and uh, and there's a bunch of other. What's this guy's name? He also recorded um, Redbone with uh, Charles Gambino. Yeah, Ludwig Göransson. Yes, yeah. yes. I think he did he's a lot of the yeah. actual score for the music. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's just a brilliant musician. God, yeah, he's yeah, fantastic. Definitely. Like so. he can do hip hop. He can do orchestral stuff. Now, actually, he's done I, some I, African elements mm-hmm. in the story. Yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about the just like the producers who were involved in this album because not a lot of people are kind of talking about that. But like Ill Mind, Bad Bad Not Good, Goranson, yeah. um, Michael made it obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> with every like 808 pattern that you heard in this as well as the movie, I'm like, that's got that's a Michael made it beat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's even if it wasn't made by 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 him, it was still a Michael made it beat. I'm like, that's a Michael made it pattern, you know. It, it was either a Mike Will made it or a Mike Will could have made it. Uh, Michael could have made it. <laughs> Boom. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the one time you actually like my dumb puns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, um, where do we start, really? Because like, I want to. I would say I'm the, the one like song, a bummer yeah. a little bit. Because like, so I want to preface this. Black Panther the movie is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. It's a very good movie in its own right. It's it's funny it's the 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 action scenes are like the they're amazing it's just a really good movie and not just good it's important for a lot of reasons we'll get back to that later so i want to preface this me reviewing the album by saying that and then so it's like people don't hate on me right away when i say that i didn't really enjoy the soundtrack I don't think that's an uncommon opinion, though. I feel like no, a lot of people, I've heard people. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you too. You know, yeah. like I mean, I also like had sort of I was how do I put it like hesitant, hesitantly optimistic. I was or cautiously optimistic about like the soundtrack. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, it's just you know, Kendrick. It's like a compilation album that Top Dog's doing, so you know, it might be somewhat enjoyable. And it was, it was, there were some tracks that I was like, Oh shit, this is really good. And honestly, just hearing new stuff from Kendrick is enjoyable on its, in it yeah, it's just interesting. Kind of in its own it's, right. Yeah. yeah. Like hearing a new Kendrick versus cool, even if itself might not be super solid, but the standard is also raised and he's always, he always kind of meets that standard, even if it's not his best verse, I guess for real. You know? 
For real. Like, he's always has just a really high standard of quality. So, like, even if it's not as good as, like, To Pimp a Butterfly, I'm also not expecting that either. Well, it's so. not really fair to expect that of someone all the time, even though... Exactly, exactly. I'd like to, so. I'd like to expect that of a guy like Kendrick all the time. Yeah. But I don't know, I don't know if it's fair... You know? <laughs> yeah, it's totally. Like, it's Pimp a Butterfly is pretty much the best record uh of the past how many years? The past ever. <laughs> the past forever. Maybe. I mean it man, if we had uh freaking if we had uh Martin on here, he cause the, to him that's the greatest hip hop album ever. Is it is that the like I've never heard him talk about it before. Oh man, he's he's one hundred percent. That's all the right. greatest hip hop album all ever. All right, all right. And I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but goddamn, that's I can't. When it comes to his reasoning, re, excuse me. When it comes to his reasoning for that, I'm like I can't disagree with what what you got to say. Oh, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece, definitely. It's a masterpiece. Uh, there it's is this like just monolith of. It's amazing. It's the pimper butterflies. It's like. Nobody really could, like nobody really knew how you could really top Good Kid, Matt City. Mm-hmm. And then he did. And <laughs> in many ways, he just did, mm-hmm. which is insane. Which is also like, and this is sort of a unpopular opinion, because people I recently saw, oh no. I don't know which platform it was. It was like one of the bigger hip hop platforms on YouTube. Um, they had this video of like why "Damn" is like an instant classic, and to me it isn't. But "Pimp a Butterfly" was. Was right? that Pitchfork? I think that was Pitchfork. Might maybe. have been Pitchfork. Yeah, I could be wrong. Or Noisy, or one of those. Something like that. Um, but anyway, they they called it an instant classic, and really, I don't think that's the case because I thought there were. I think it's a I think it's a Kendrick Lamar classic if I can say that you know like uh, if you look at it's like with I don't know I'm trying to think of a comparison it's like with Radiohead like every single Radiohead album is like you know has been talked about ad nauseum and is like people it's 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 worth a listen you know no matter how varied the quality is in and of itself because the artists artists or artists themselves are so talented that you're going to want to check out. Yeah. And then also I feel like Whatever sometimes they do. the term yeah. classic is problematic because um, there's more factors than just quality that come into play. Oh yeah, totally. It's classic. Cause like um, the infamous mob deep, their first mm-hmm. record first oh, album. Yeah. That's a classic to me. His, but it's like, objectively, it's, it's, yeah, it's a classic, yeah, it's a but classic, it's not, yeah. it's not a perfect album. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's still, a, it's a classic. It's an iconic to album. Me, it's so funny. Cause to me, that's like saying it's like, well, Star Wars is a classic, but it's not a perfect movie. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you're just like, well, yeah, I guess, but you know, so, you know, I don't know. It's like, I, that term is, is interesting to me anyway. But yeah, so I didn't think. No, I agree. I agree with you though. I'm just making. And I feel like a lot joke. of people who felt that um, "Damn" was an instant classic had higher expectations of this album, the Black Panther album, 
mm-hmm. um, which is yeah, music from and inspired by Black Panther the movie. Um, then we might have had right higher expectations than we might have had. So I don't know. It's there's there's a bunch of great tracks on there. Um, my favorite. I'm yeah sure just, go ahead not to interrupt you I'm I'm just glad we're talking about this because it's like it's hard not to talk about anything Kendrick does without talking about sort of his previous discography yeah because he has made such a massive dent. impact yeah yeah a massive dent in the world of sort of the hip hop repertoire I guess if if you could call it that that whenever he does something else even if it's just like a feature. You know, it's like, oh, well, how does this compare to the rest of his discussion? Which is kind of a ridiculous comparison sometimes because yeah. it's like he's done so many features over the past couple of years. But I mean, it's it's something you still want to talk about, you know? Yeah. Like, even if it, you know, even if it might not totally make sense. Like, I still like we it's hard for us not to compare this to his previous stuff, even though it might not be a totally fair comparison. So. That's kind of all I have to say about that, I guess. Yeah, no. That, like, we're, we're totally aware this is obviously not going to be as good as, you know, Damn or Untitled or whatever, you know? It's yeah. obviously not going to. And I already, like, going in and listening to the album, I already knew that. So that yeah. So it didn't particularly bother me. Yeah. No, exactly. I agree. And there's a, there's a bunch of cool, like links to the movie obviously like some mm, of the songs mm-hmm. are being played in yeah. the movie and some some of the lyrical content of the songs reflects certain moments of the movie and i'm not gonna talk about that in too much detail right here but like uh sometimes like i feel like the cool thing about this i'll say that i will say that um the cool thing about this album is that Kendrick and the other artists, they made an album that was, that it can stand, like the project can stand on its own. It doesn't need yeah, it really the Black does. Panther it really... movie to like work. It works. It's, I don't like all the That's tracks. That's what's cool about but, it, yeah. But at the same time, it works without it, but there is some like connections to the actual plot of the movie yeah, um, totally. and you can hear even though some songs some verses that's not the case at all but um yeah there is a few songs like the opening track um kendrick speaks from the perspective of one of the characters and uh the track with j rock future and james blake uh he does something like that again so um so yeah it's cool i it's it's cool to listen to it again after you've heard or seen the movie because like Agreed. all of a yeah, sudden totally. it makes a little more sense like the storyline mm-hmm. um, and you can tell you can tell even though maybe not every kendrick verse or lyric or whatever hits all the time you can tell that he's very passionate about this yeah you know? definitely yeah and that's what's so cool about this like he saw the movie and was like oh my god like i have to make this 100 percent. you can yeah. see that passion behind the entire project even if every even if not every single track or lyric or whatever works. Yeah. So that's cool. That is really cool. Uh, and even yeah. if I, even not if every, if every track, even if not every track was totally solid, then just the fact that every track 
had passion behind it. Yeah. And had an intent behind it. Yeah, that's cool. That it, it's laudable, even if it doesn't work sometimes. You know? And what's cool, cool about it, too, is like that he works with fitting fittingly enough like considering the theme of the movie um mm. that he's worked with african musicians right um that was cool and yeah we got to talk about that too the fact that he put on a bunch of artists a lot of really cool like art, like who are african native yeah you know natives like that's really cool and that's such a cool i kind of wish he would he did more of that to the point where that became kind of the the theme, I guess, of the actual album itself is like, hey, let me put on these other artists who are actually it's from. Good. Like, I guess it's good that he tried to find a balance. Yeah, for, you know, because I mean? like you know, between like established artists and um and and like new ones, just to like, because that's gonna help the the ones he's putting on. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, but that's great about it. I feel we're. Yeah, we're just not that enthusiastic about the album as a whole because it's a solid compilation album. Like, there's a bunch of good tracks on there, but there's also some cringeworthy stuff on there. And there's this one. Future does something with like a falsetto mumble. That's hysterically bad. It's 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 so bad. it's okay to say it it's just really bad it's it's I, just it's i know it's okay to say i just can't find bad. the words like it's uh, um i i don't know how that got through quality control and it's really just because future does it it's like yeah that was on king's dad right yeah King's Dead, yeah. And that yeah. was kind of the main single from this whole project. Yeah, and one of the songs that fits in with the theme of the movie. I don't think, talking about Future, and we haven't really talked about Future that much no. so far on the podcast, but it's like, I've never really listened to an artist that has been so incredibly hit or miss for me, personally. Yeah, from like Mask Future, which is, works so well, to this. Yeah. And it's like, even just looking at his previous discography, like, I think a lot of people consider, like, what is it, Dirty Sprite? Yeah. Or Dirty Sprite 2 as, like, his kind of magnum opus, yeah, like, his, too, yeah. his greatest. And even still, like, there's some just stupid lyrics some crap that I can't get past. Too, yeah. Yeah. Like, the whole, like, I just took a piss and I seen codeine coming out. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is stupid. <laughs> like, this is so dumb. <laughs> like, what is this? Ugh. Like, I... It, uh, I'm gonna get some shit for for saying that because it's like I do like him as an artist, and there's a lot of things that he. Has I appreciate done that I how really he enjoyed. sort of brought something to the game. Like a lot of people oh, are yeah. sort of doing that now, but he was one of the first to. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's really yeah, it's it's um a lot of it's a lot of a lot of modern music in hip hop at least or in trap is about vibes more than lyrics anyway. It's just that the. Vibe is really not working for That's that's exactly that's exactly how it sounds. Yeah. Um <laughs> And then but then even even so with that 
I guess it's not the hook, the hook of the song, but it is yeah, an important yeah, yeah. part of it. But it's mm-hmm. not the worst hook on the album because the worst mm-hmm. one is on Ops with uh, Vince Staples and Vince Staples. I will say, and we will get into the actual movie itself later. I will say that this, I guess this is kind of spoilers, but I'm just saying this song plays in the movie. Yeah, well, this really song, spoilers. like the beat, plays in the movie. No, and then there's like a, a, a Vince Staples lyric I heard. Like I think they played the most of the full track. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I heard Vince Staples lyric, like I heard him within the mix. Mm, maybe. And um, I don't remember. I would say within the context of the movie, it worked a lot better than by itself. Yeah, and also Just, because I feel like the "You're Dead to Me" definitely wasn't in there. No, I heard that in the movie. Really? No. Yeah. Are you serious? Well, I yeah. Must have, I must have been like just blown away by the visuals at that point. No, I remember hearing Kendrick's and Vince Staples verse, and there was a point. Yeah, but and not the hook, kinda, though, right? No, I heard "You're Dead to Me." I You're heard dead that to me. That was in the movie. I I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Damn it! I'm pretty sure. I remember. Maybe I was just. It was because I was reminded of the actual song, and I just heard it in my head. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't remember. Well, I was sure sure blown it. away by just the environment of where I watched the movie oh, yeah. anyway. So like, well, because the when it when, it when it played, it was within this sort of action scene. Oh, maybe and, I was just focused on like all the ass kicking. And but I thought in the context in which that song was put in was really cool and appropriate, and I honestly liked the track itself a lot more because Wait, of the it context it was put. It in. wasn't after "Pray for Me" was played, right? I don't think so. I don't remember. Not that action scene, right? Yeah, now we're getting into treacherous. No, the pray for me was, in, the, was in, in the in the, the club scene. Yeah, the, club the, the casino scene. Yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was played after. It was right after that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was then. All right. So I was mostly focused on the dialogue, I guess, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd ha- I'd have to watch it again. I, okay, which is going because like, I think we new. might be transitioning to actually talking about the movie itself, which is fine. But I, we will say, hey, spoilers ahead if you haven't actually seen it, which you should just go see. Go see it. Go. See I don't care it. who you are. Go see the fucking movie. It's, go see. I, I sound really like mean. Like, I'm like, yeah, go see it. God damn it. If you don't go like see superhero it. movies, it's still a really interesting movie because of the. Like, I think it's important visuals. to support. Movies like this, which have a predominantly, Duh. you know, black cast, and that's really cool. Yeah. Especially a, a, a movie of this caliber, of this size. Yeah. You know, like a big mainstream movie that has this. And it, it's like, I want to support that because I think that's important. But some people have been saying, and this is obviously just like tweets and stuff. It isn't like, I don't think it's like a massive opinion. But um, if, you know, people saying like, if you're white, don't go see it on opening night because you're that's taking a, you're taking away, you know, you know, tickets for opinion. people of color. That's a dumb opinion. Cause I, like, I was in the theater, yeah, in Hollywood. Cause like we haven't talked about this on the show yet, but I'm in my fucking L.A., yo. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can you can go into your thing. Go, yeah. yeah, you have a way cooler story than I do because I just saw it in some shitty. Really small theater in East Texas, and like I, I, the only criticism I have is something that like might have been the fault of the theater that I saw it in, because like the the sound mixing I thought was not particularly good, but I also very 
could it could have well been just the mm, fact that right. I was in a shitty uh, theater. Tell me, what was the uh, complaint? Was the it music just, I don't too know, the soft? sound because I felt this music was a little. Were there too times soft. where it's like the 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 vocals, like I couldn't hear what people were saying because the, either the the music was too loud or then the music was too soft at times. Yeah, I felt that too, and I saw okay. it in IMAX that might have been in because uh, I saw it in Chinese theater. In yeah, you Hollywood. saw the the theater in Hollywood. The yeah. Chinese, yeah. Uh, TCL Chinese Theater it used to be Man's Chinese Theater, I think. Um, mm. You know the famous one in Hollywood. Yeah, the and um, which was awesome because like being there on Hollywood Boulevard um, before the movie started, the fucking director uh, Ryan Coogler was there. The president of Marvel <laughs> Studios was there. That's nuts, dude. And, um, thanks. And, uh, and the fucking Black Panther himself was right there, Chatwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was awesome. You had a much better experience than yeah, I Yeah, so, right? so they, and they welcomed us, welcomed us in the theater, and we're so excited for all the excitement for the 18th Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, which was crazy to them, that the excitement was still so, uh, yeah. And then I saw the movie, and I but I I kind of feel your complaints. I just I saw it in IMAX. I like I I prefer sometimes like um I felt like the mu- music was a little too soft sometimes. Okay, cool. I don't know. Well, that's good to know it, because it, it, it might just the same be, way. I don't know, man. I don't like sometimes the best way to decide that is just with the head with headphones on. Yeah. In a in a setting where you understand the audio better, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, what were we talking about before the audio mixing? Or just talking about the people that said like, oh yeah, you know, don't go see those. Well, that makes no sense because like I really enjoyed being in right in the middle of an audience that was super mixed, that was celebrating and cheering as the actors came on and. Um, cheering for the empowerment that this movie represents and just the dopeness of the action scenes and and the story is actually really good like i really feel we haven't spoiled anything just yet so we can still do without i am fully aware of the fact that we are basically two pieces of wonder bread talking into microphones (laughs) like i'm fully aware of that fact steven's fully aware of that fact (laughs) Yes, we know. We know the, the the perspective that we are coming from, but we are also very excited about the fact that like this is sort of like a celebration of of African culture, of black yeah, culture, African culture, black culture, and like it doesn't matter culture. what kind of like who you are. To, it doesn't matter who you are to be excited about that. No, you know, obviously, if you are someone, and there are certain kind of thinking about this movie and I, I, this is like me- mega major spoilers here so but I also feel like if you're listening to this podcast there's a very good chance that you've already seen this movie so I don't feel too bad about spoiling no but like there's certain topics that this movie addresses that that it's like I didn't even consider were like really interesting parts of sort of I don't know the black experience that mm-hmm. That it addresses that I was surprised, but at the same time I was like, "Wow, that's really that's 
that's very moving. Yeah. You know, to to address that. Like the whole scene at the beginning with it was like nineteen ninety two or whatever. Yeah, and it's Oakland. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like one you're you're taking place in Oakland, which is a very you know, historically it's a it's a historically really irrelevant place because the Black Panther yes. movement was founded in Oakland. Exactly, exactly. Right, but um, yes. And actually, um, the Black Panther movement was founded very soon, like a few months after uh, the after Black the actual Panther comic, character yes. was first. Um, and I always love I always love the story. Um, I think it was because who actually wrote it? I don't think it was. Um, Jack Kirby, who wrote it, but it was one of the guys at Marvel. I don't remember if it was Jack Kirby or, or whoever, but one of their higher-ups said that they need to include... In the, in the Black Panther comic, when it was starting to be released, mm-hmm. they need to include more white people in it, in the comic. Because <laughs> they were saying, like, yeah, if you don't include enough white people, we're not going to be able to sell this. <laughs> so, whoever, whether it was Jack Kirby or whoever, then wrote, a, wrote an, an entire... Like series where like he beats up the KKK because he's including more white people in it. Like there you go, that's amazing. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah, but um, um, but yeah. Anyway, going back to it, like that whole scene was incredibly moving. Yeah, one because I I actually just watched uh I, I sent you a link to that video of of Dom Dominic Rabron. His yeah. his YouTube video. Yeah. He did a review on it. And he 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 pointed out a lot of interesting things. But I think something to point out that's really interesting is kind of the whole scene where it's like his, you know where T'Challa's uncle That's right, his uncle was, was murdered by mm-hmm. his father. Yeah. And then obviously that leaves, you know, Killmonger's father you know, being dead, and then like that, the whole like the theme of like the fatherless, fatherless child, exactly is, like, a theme that's like you know, you know, Tupac has talked about, and you know that's a theme that has been. I mean, I'm trying really hard to like the word this in a way, you know. You know what I'm talking about, though, yeah, right? Like, I, I totally like the whole uh, dad who's not in the picture story yeah. and sort of and and the Michael B. Jordan character. And then exploring that and having that life, the villain. Sort of exactly, like the void. villain yeah. being a part of that sort of... Uh, what do I... T- what do I... What do, what's the word? That sort of system, I guess, or that stereotype, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like him being a part of that and how seeing how that affects him is fascinating. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting character arc, I guess, when it comes to like how to structure the villain. Because honestly, like this is one of the best villains Marvel has ever put out ever. It's crazy. if not the best, if not the best. And I'm not just saying that because. I don't know, like a bunch of people, it's so funny seeing sort of like the political, I don't know, hysteria, I guess, that's been revolving around this movie, because it's like, you know, it got a really high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 99 or something, right? Yeah, like 99, 98%. And 
you Which, know, for the but, record, doesn't mean it's only five stars. It means that 98% of the reviews are positive. Right? Exactly. And, or like, you tomatoes, know what? Yeah. You know, like, if you don't like, like the not movie... It's the same as Metacritic. That's what I'm trying to I'm say. Not, I'm not yeah. going to say, like, if you don't like the movie, that's fine. You know? Because they're obviously... It's not a perfect movie. Like... And if you have criticisms... What are I, those? I mean, yeah, there's some... I mean, we'll get into that. We're just some cringy dialogue. And some of the CGI doesn't work as well as I would have hoped. But, like, those are real nitpicks in, in my, from my perspective, from my mm-hmm. opinion. There's, like, there's... There's times where the dialogue is great, too, and when the CGI exactly. is great, too. Yeah. Exactly. But, um... I feel like it's they've just, never quite gotten it right um, when people... Um, when humans jump really fast to a high, <laughs> like there's there's one scene in the um, in the in the club scene where "Pray for Me" plays, yeah, and the Black Panther character mm-hmm. um, jumps to another level of the of the like to the second floor or something, and it just mm. doesn't quite look right. And I was yeah, yeah, and that's always the case if it's like fast cat like movements, <laughs> cat like Panther. Um, <laughs> um, it doesn't doesn't they still can't quite do that, but maybe because we're not we don't even know what that would look like in real life. So it's like I don't that know. That was really cool because I just just in terms of like world building and like mm, sci-fi type great. stuff. This yeah. this movie fucking like does such a good job. Yeah, of like world building and. Obviously, you can disagree with me, and that's fine. But like, from I just, I just loved it. Like, I get so sucked into, you know, like I love movies like that. I just mm-hmm. do. Like, I love movies that do a really good job of sort of world building, because then I just get so sucked into yeah. the world itself. You know, I mean, I like the fucking Hobbit movies, and nobody likes those movies. And I like the Star Wars prequels, and nobody likes those <laughs> movies either. Because, but at the same time, those movies like do all this stuff with world building that I can't help but just get sucked into. Yeah, well, that's just you because know, um, that's, we haven't just talked in, about. Um, it's interesting. Like we haven't talked about Bright, the Netflix. We haven't movie. really. And that which uh, upon that movie fucking got the worst fucking reviews ever, and I loved yeah. it, especially the first half of it. World building wise, just like the whole concept behind the movie, that was like I, I wanted to read like the the sort of the the sort of novel. Like, you know how like video games sometimes have like comic books with the novelization, co- the yeah. novelization. Like I wanted to hear more about the backstory of that world. Like upon, I would say upon further reviewings, I don't know if I loved it as much as I appreciated parts of it. Sure. Because I did appreciate I really parts of it. it. I thought the I concept really was insanely it. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that like, was because um, Bright is all about like imagine the Lord of the Rings, and then after the war, yeah, pretty much. Like, it just continues continued to- from like the Middle Ages into modern period, and then what you have is elves and orcs and yeah. whatever the fuck kind of creatures were there in in um in the lord of the rings that they all exist in modern day los angeles with like hollywood being populated by the elves because they're richest and um the wealthiest and then the orcs being basically sort of 
orcs kind of being the minority that is being discriminated against as if it were southern U.S. in the 1950s. I, I would say, obviously, there's some jokes in it that, like, are, like, horribly inappropriate. Like, the fairy lives don't matter. Thing. Yeah, that's terrible. Like, why would you put that? Why? Why? Also, because of that term. Like, you know you know why you're making that joke. Why would you make that joke? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, well, why? <laughs> maybe it was... I could, I could tell... I can... Because it was Will Smith's character making that joke. So maybe it was, like, to establish that in this world, um, amongst people, racism was kind of gone. Whereas, like, the racism was still there. It was just I think that was the biggest species. I think that was the biggest confusion when it comes to, like, how that sort of world... Because it's like, okay, if you're going to establish this world... And this is coming from the perspective of someone who likes world-building, who likes that sort of type of writing... You know, but then obviously there's going to be flaws within how that movie was made. Yeah, that may may not have translated very well with with everybody, and that's totally fine. Yeah, that's okay. So that's kind of how I will leave it. Like I really liked parts of it, and maybe we'll get shit for that because I don't know. Like I've I've watched a bunch of criticisms of that movie, and honestly, I agree with most of them. But at the same time, I'm kind I of just with really you at the enjoyed same the time. movie. Yeah. yeah, like there's parts that I really thought were very well made. Like David Ayer is a good, you know, he's a talented filmmaker, even though he made Suicide Squad, which is absolute dog shit. But, but you know, like he, you know, he did. Uh, shit, I, we're just going to get shit for this, but whatever. You no, know, but, I, and, and on top of that, like Will Smith is probably my favorite person. Oh, yeah, in and the I, world. I really, like, I mean, he's <laughs> he did a pretty good performance. Yeah, you know? have you seen his he, vlogs? He's vlogging now. Oh, and yeah. It's so funny because it's so <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. It's so, yeah, yeah. so entertaining. It's funny, yeah. Oh, man. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, maybe I'll link it in the description, but, like, uh, there's this one YouTuber, Lindsay Ellis. She she did a really good sort of video essay on like the problems with Bright and the racial implications of that, and I thought it was really even though I didn't entirely. Yeah, well, at the same time, I felt like there was something interesting. There was a line in there, um, and it was like, I guess the what was his name Joel Edgerton? Is that his name? Who, by Who the way, yeah, the, Joel Edgerton. He did such a solid job. Great job. Great. He did the best he possibly could with what with the material he was exactly. given. And mad yeah, props, exactly. you know? Yeah, 100% agree. The, what, the crux of what I'm trying to say, the main theme of what I'm trying to say is, obviously there's flaws yeah. within this universe. And that's completely fair. And you have, if you have criticisms, I've watched a bunch. I watch, I watch more video essays about movies than I actually watch movies themselves. Yeah, me too. On You, you know, <laughs> video essays on YouTube and stuff. And I've seen every single legitimate criticism of both Bright and Black Panther. And getting back to Bla- we'll get back to Blaine. Blaine Panther? I can't talk. Blaine Black- Panther. Blaine Panther. Blaine Panther. Panther. That's clearly uh, saw it in Texas, Black- uh, Zach. Oh, Jesus. Black oh, Panther. <laughs> but anyway, like. You went to that Black Panther movie? Black Panther movie. <laughs> Jesus. But, uh. Oh, God.
<laughs> but anyway, but anyway. Yeah. All I'm saying is though those criticisms are entirely valid. However, there are parts of the movie that I still enjoyed. and It I was fucking others. awesome, man. It was fucking there awesome. And I just of- want to say there is a few, because we're definitely, like, if you haven't tuned out yet, like, there were minor spoilers so far. Just tune out, right? Because I'm not going to, like, we've warned you, all right? Spoiler alert. I'll do, like, we a We warned you effect. a long time ago, I'll do yeah. A, yeah, but I'll do an extra sort of spoiler alert sort of marker sound effect right now. So three, two, one. <laughs> Yes. Alright. So the quotables, the references for those reasons alone, this movie was great. So the fact Getting back to Black I don't think obviously I guess we shouldn't compare Black Panther to Bright. Like we're just that just you brought that up and I was just like, Oh yeah, we haven't talked about that, so that's why yeah, we I talked remember, about it. I don't even remember why I brought it up, but it felt relevant at the time. Because we were just like, Oh hey, we haven't talked about that and we wanted to, so Yeah. Like that's obviously clearly, in terms of quality, they're like it's clearly leaps different. And bounds yeah. <laughs> different, but you know? Still I found both enjoyable. Uh, yes. But obviously Black Panther is the better movie with but the obviously, budget is yeah. way hiring stuff like that and i just felt it was interesting we were talking about world building i think and i thought yeah i really and appreciate I say, that i was just saying because i was talking about before how good of a job black panther did with world building yes definitely. especially in comparison to bright yeah so we could definitely make sort of like a contrast compare contrast fuck i can't talk compare and contrast yeah with these two movies that came out recently that sort of in a way dealt with somewhat kind of similar issues but not really no um well they dealt with race yes but i think black panther does it a trillion billion times (laughs) better you know like just leaps and bounds and i guess it's sort of refreshing in a way yeah to like see this and be like, oh my god, this is so much better. This is so much better. And this is coming from someone who like I didn't hate Bright no, as much as not other, other people did. I like. But it. God damn, this is so much better. Yeah. Oh, this is so much better. Uh, like, it's a shame that this is a podcast and not like with video. Because like the, the the sort of calling to the heavens that you've moved that like, you just oh, did. It's so much better. It's so much better. Um, it's so much better. I we were just saying I I mean I was just saying how there's a lot there's just it's it, I was just saying how it's interesting how in some ways this movie has become politically divisive which one and then there's also people on another side of it that thinks it shouldn't be politically involved in the, in any sort of way because oh it's just a Marvel movie oh, yeah you know? but to to me it's like you this is inherently socio politically charged in some way yeah well now, wasn't, and that's wasn't Captain America technically political in a way too that's this true what we're too like that this, that idea that it shouldn't be polit- socio politically that's dumb as fuck that's stupid it's like fucking it's, in the world it doesn't it doesn't have to be political. But yeah, like, and that's the thing. It's like you imagine a fucking Black Panther movie without it being political. That would be the worst mm-hmm. fucking movie ever. But instead, what they did was just beautiful. Like opening scene, Oakland, nineteen ninety two. So think about that, right? That's. I will of- also say, I'm gonna say, 
in one of the later scenes where Killmonger has his sort of vision or whatever. Uh, and he's looking yeah. through his dad's closet, and there's a Public Enemy poster. Yeah, it's everywhere. Public Enemy posters yeah. in the first scene, in the last scene. And it's like... It's like that's when that's when it dawned on me where it was like, oh, this movie is really. Im- I feel like this movie is kind of important to hip hop, yeah, in a way because one, it's it's honoring those you know guys like pop, you know Public Enemy and I think it was it takes a nation of millions to hold hold us back. That was exactly the post, that was the post, which is right? just like that's so appropriate, you know, yeah, definitely. That's so cool that they put that in there and because it just makes sense, you know. It's just it's just. Like the storyline is the the king's brother um go is like sent out on like a spying mission. Like he's Yeah, in, like Wakanda has all these spies, yeah. Yeah, to like see what's going on in the rest of the world. So he's going to Oakland, California mm. and notices what's going on there. Just you all the to, massive injustice. And just that, think of like the era, this is 1992, so that's around so the So yeah, the Rodney King... The Rodney King was 1992, so the LA riots were in 1992, yeah. so it's that era. And then you have guys like Ice Cube at this point, like yeah. making really hardcore politically charged. Yeah, like America KK's Most Wanted. America's um, Most Wanted, and dude, his whole discography... It's like that 80, late 89 to 92, 90s, Raw, you know, and that that like was his album, yeah. And like, it was in response. And this and this guy, this brother from becoming a spy, he gets involved there, and he um, and he betrays his home country, Wakanda, mm-hmm. to because he feels they're not doing anything to stop the the mm-hmm. terrible stuff that's happening to people who look just like them across the world. And and you see him like, and they have like uh, machine guns, and they're clearly like militant. Uh, militant, you could say Black Panther's um, sort of activist, he becomes uh, consumed by the cause of like mm-hmm. righting the wrongs that have been done against billions of African people of African descent throughout mm-hmm. the world. And um, yeah. and the and the, and the cool thing about this movie is the cool thing about this movie is that the bad guy isn't all that bad. And the good guys aren't all that good. And it's like... There's a lot of gray area going on. Which there's is a like, lot of naivete in in the good guy sort of mm-hmm. realm. And it's a, it's a... I feel like outside of racial politics and social political commentary, there's global politics being addressed here of isolationism, of like the America first kind of... Um, doctrine that trump is pushing and then oh yeah people have been making comparisons it's very interesting people have been making comparisons between kind of killmonger's rise to power as well as like the democratic system yeah in the u.s and that sort of comparison where he's like okay i'm just gonna wrongfully be the leader now yeah, and like a lot of people have been making comparison. I think it's a very interesting and it makes it interesting because it gives yes. depth to all the characters. And this is one of the few superhero bad guys that have actually been interesting characters. Uh, Marvel's made a ton of very cool movies, but they've never really had interesting bad guys, except for you mentioned in a private conversation we had earlier. You mentioned Loki. Loki, because he has the one sort of backstory that's like 
somewhat sympathetic and somewhat interesting. Exactly. And then the the other one that I can imagine, but that's DC. That's um, uh, the Joker. Uh, in Man, that's Knight. even interesting because it's like you have Loki. That's sort of this, you know, from that comes from like Norse mythology. So that's sort of like a very. I mean, obviously it's like Scandinavian, but it's like there's still this like Eurocentric perspective. Yeah, I it's guess. like one of those like. And then like you he have could come in the country according to Trump, basically, right? No, yeah, <laughs> but then you have you know you know the character of Killmonger, who's very this like Afrocentric yeah perspective that's almost like. I don't know. That's an interesting. But like half the movie, I was kind of rooting for Killmonger because at least what that's he interesting did, too. Yeah, because because that's a Michael B. Jordan as a character. Mad props, mad props to Michael B. Jordan. Wow, it what? took me a little. It took me a little while to kind of get into his character because at first it, it, it kind of. I don't know. It was, it was kind of cheesy. It's very just like I am the bad guy. You know, like. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, like, maybe it was, that it, first scene where they stole yeah, that the first scene where it's like in the, in the he's big, got, but there yeah, was this he's killer the, line in there, and he was like, uh, "Oh, um, that's all right. I'll take it off your hands." And the museum, mm-hmm. the woman working at the museum, the museum, she's like, "Oh, but it's uh, it's not for sale." And then he's like, "How do you think your ancestors took this? They bought it, you know, like." power like hot like, take yeah, no, I was like and then, oh shit and then he went there because he, yeah. he's the guy with the one liners in this movie because the final mm-hmm. the final scene he dies and then he asks bury me at sea because um I'd rather I'd, I'd rather join my brothers who jumped off the side of the slave ships because they knew that death was better than uh captivity Shit, dude. And holy Shit. fuck, that is a way. That's a line to go out with, you know. So it's like and he was actually. That's what he makes was, his, he was. His yeah. methods were ruthless, and his and um, his end game was was bad. Like because he basically wanted to take revenge on the rest of the world and basically become what the, become like the people who done his people harm he wanted to place. become he wanted to become the very thing that he yeah he was he, he wanted to become a colonizer and a conqueror yes. basically and it's like you had this type of i mean a lot of people have made this sort of comparison in the whole like universe of x-men where it's like you have professor x as kind of sort of the the mlk figure and then you have Magneto as like the Malcolm X figure. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, this is kind of functioning, but in it's a, in a way, it's thing. almost more appropriate to yeah, have, make that comparison. Yeah, um, well, Killmonger is clearly the by any means necessary. Exactly. And yeah, and it's but it's it's funny because it, it it flips your expectations throughout the movie because like because Wakanda. Even though it's in Africa, which we usually see as like, um, ooh, that was even okay. I'm gonna say something like, it was interesting to me to see because I was wondering this when I whenever I saw Civil War and whenever Black Panther was introduced. Yeah, I still haven't seen Civil War for real. Oh, bro, oh, it's so good. I mean, I I, whatever. I've missed. I've missed. Like at some point, I was like obsessed with Marvel movies, and then uh, you had the Agents of Shield show, and I wasn't. Caught up with Agents of Shield, but I knew it was linked up. It was linked to. I like, didn't really pay attention happened. to Agents of Shield. It was cool. It was really cool. It was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. written by um, Josh Whedon, who also right. 
right. did Buffy, yeah. um, and then wrote the Avengers too. So it was like proper writing and proper cameos and just a cool show, a cool who villain of the week kind of show with a larger overarching plot line linked to the Avengers. Um, but basically, I wasn't caught up with that, and then I didn't see the next. I, I didn't see the, the only next. one I haven't seen is Thor Ragnarok, which I know is good, and everyone's been saying it's good. Oh, I haven't seen Ragnarok either. Uh, but I like a lot of people say Ant Man isn't that good, but I loved Ant Man. I loved Ant Man too. I okay, thank you. It was one you. of the coolest was, Marvel movies. It was, it was fun. It was so funny. It was big, dumb fun. It, it was, was just the funniest fun. Marvel movie except thank for you. Guardians. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, I've been saying that forever. Like I like because because I am a, a total shill for like Paul Rudd. I think he's just the funniest dude ever. Yeah. And God damn it, he was so good in that movie. Yeah. Like ah, uh, sorry, we're totally getting off track right now. No, like, it's still was... Marvel. No, but like, and, and I really liked Ant Man and um, and the trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp was playing before. Oh man, yeah, that looks right. so cool. And there was this looks funny fun. scene. It's like uh, um. Wait, so when you made my suit, you didn't have those weapons, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. He's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, I like. I really liked Ant-Man. I saw both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Loved those because of the soundtrack mostly. And the, oh, yeah. Because, of, uh, because I just love Groot. This is probably also the case in... In, in the comics that it's based on, but I don't know because I haven't read them, but like it was just it's very interesting to talk to think of like what, I think Wakanda, just Wakanda, Wakanda being basically yeah. the, the, the most technologically advanced and richest yeah. part of the world. That whole goes goes within the whole like theme of like Afrofuturism. Yeah. Which is like a big theme that I mean has been explored by like I don't know, like George Clinton with you know Yeah. Exactly with Parliament album, uh, Mothership Connection. Yeah, that's that's what always comes to mind. I mean, it's like the big. I actually was at the um, the Smithsonian to this. Yeah, the Smithsonian um, Museum of African American. Yeah, that's where the Dilla NPC is, right? Yeah, yeah. But I also they had like the big uh, spaceship, the Mothership, the George George Clinton Mothership that they had on their live tour at the time, and it was huge. It was like filled this in, the entire room that I'm in. Wow, it was huge. Cool. That they I don't know if they that was like part of the album cover or if it was just a big prop that they had on their tour. At but the tour, yeah. It I was really, that. really cool. Awesome. But it made me think of things like that, like stole Afrofuturist yeah, Afro sort of perspective. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a great movie. And I think it's it's fair to say that this is important for the culture or for uh, even for hip hop. Just like because of the connection obvious. to Oakland in the yeah. in the early nineties and and just the awareness of the context of the movie that was all Agreed. over the writing and that's definitely like I will I haven't really talked about the soundtrack I mean beyond sort of like the blank the blank panther blank panther <laughs> blank panther the black panther album <laughs> but like the way that the the actual soundtrack. Which is by Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, um, he, he was just brilliant. It was one of the best soundtracks I've heard from a Marvel movie. Oh yeah, and it was if not um, the best. This, like uh, what was it? This African instrument that would constantly play 
Yeah, it was this mix of like strings yeah. and sort of more traditional orchestral stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really, really well made. Like the whole scenes where it was like the dream sequences with T'Challa and his father. And like just the real subtle like string motifs was just, it was gorgeous. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Like it was moved. Like I was in tears. Like it was so. It, I was like blown. I was like, "This is a Marvel movie soundtrack." Yeah. Holy shit! Because usually it's orchestral. With um, a lot of and with a lot of Marvel soundtracks, it's been pretty cookie cutter. Like it's been pretty meh. Like it's serviceable. It does its job just like most other movies, mm-hmm. but it's not been super memorable. Like none of that shit's gonna get nominated for an Oscar. But this one, god damn. Like it's really good. Yeah, it's. Re- I I just saw on Spotify they put the original soundtrack as well as yeah, it's there now. Like too, Black right? Panther, the album, like the the actual soundtrack itself is on there. Yeah, it's with f- the actual ooh, movie f- music. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so good. And probably as a linguist, I should comment on this, but honestly, I felt like the African accents were really pulled off really well. But because oh, yeah, a lot totally. of the actors are not african have you seen this this uh youtube series that wired magazine does on on movie accents yes with the the guy with the curly hair right yeah 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 yeah. i showed it in my class once i wonder uh my phonology 101 class sweet the point is go see this movie yes and go check out the soundtrack it's a solid Six out of ten. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what specifically like our our review is kind of like all over the place. We were it just kind of talking. It's just like this is what happens when. We're I mean, my not- only criticism really was just the CGI was kind of shoddy at times, and then some of the, the 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 shameless pop culture quotes. The what are those? Like, why is that there? It was stupid. And, no, I did think it was funny. The Oh my god, the Roosevelt were were Claw, where like the main villain was like Yeah, it was played by fucking Gollum. Yeah, but he was like, You wanna check out my SoundCloud link? Like yeah, he was oh, talking about like, that. That was that, awesome. I would, I couldn't help but be like, Ah that that's funny. So funny. That was funny. I'm sorry, but that's really funny. That was I really could, funny writing. Yeah. That was that was good. That was a good joke. I'm sorry. If you like this episode, um yeah, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Kick Knowledge Podcast on Twitter. Kick lower dash knowledge, um, and on Instagram, which is kick lower dash knowledge lower dash podcast, right? Yep. Yes. And um, we're on iTunes. Um, we're on Mixcloud. We're on Stitcher Radio, and of course, we're on our own website, www.kickknowledgepodcast. That's three. That's three W's, right? Okay. This is a really stupid joke. Okay, I'm sorry. I think we've done it before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kickknowledgepodcast.com. And, um, yeah, we've basically... We haven't really... Put, because we haven't had Martin on the show yet, ever since this became yeah, a thing. Yeah, we didn't talk about... Yeah, the, well, but, obviously... Um, we've kind of mentioned it before, uh, but... Um, yeah, so this episode is powered by rapanalysis.com. And powered by, in this case, means that really, Zach and I have joined the rapanalysis.com team... So that's the platform that Martin yeah, Connor, yes. a guest friend of the show, a previous guest on a few of our 
um, previous episodes. Um, yes. Yeah, that's his platform, and um, he was looking, listening to our podcast, and thought that's really cool. And we saw his website, and we were like, that's really cool. And then figured, why not join forces? Because we have sort of a similar. Yes, we have yes, we have yeah, joined, fe- joined forces. Yes. yes, I do feel kind of offended by his uh, uh, slogan because it's more than listening, and I'm like, oh, so podcast not good enough because it's just listening. But hey. Um, <sighs> Uh, we'll, we'll figure something out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh, we've partnered with uh, Martin at uh, rapanalysis.com so rapanalysis.com that's R-A-P-A-N-A-L Y-S-I-S W-W-W that's three W's <laughs> and um, yeah just we're very excited about that and um, really the first official episode uh, that came from that partnership was the was the uh, the Eric Sermon episode, mm-hmm. um, which we're still on a like we're still buzzing because of that because like we got so many great responses. That was, yeah, that was the coolest conversation got, like, I've ever had with anyone ever. Dozens so of awesome. new uh, followers and um, yeah. and thousands of views on the on the clips that we shared on Facebook. So if you haven't uh, looked at that yet, check that out too. Mm. Um. Yeah, and just make sure to like uh, let us know if you have any comments. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, whatever, let us know. We can handle it. And um, yeah, is there anything else we have to say? I think we should be good. We're good. All right. Peace, everyone. Peace. All the stars, the song All the Stars on the the soundtrack. God, SZA, fucking SZA, man. I I might have like a celebrity crush on her, but... (laughs) I have a celebrity crush on Brad Pitt, but I don't talk about it all the time. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) That needs to stay on. That's... (laughs) Too late! Too late. Too late.